Hello, this is Yaro Starak, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Nathan Chan. Welcome to another EJ podcast episode. In a moment, you'll hear from Nathan Chan. If you haven't done so already, though, please make sure you subscribe for email notification of the EJ podcast. You can go to www.interviewsclub.com, which will redirect you to a blog post on my blog where you can enter your email address to sign up for email notifications when I release brand new podcast episodes. You'll also get a series of my very best EJ podcasts from the archives. Now, here is the interview with Nathan Chan. Hello, this is Yara Stark, and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey interview. This episode featuring a rather close friend of mine from down in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, This story is interesting because when I first met our guest today, he was literally working a full-time job, but man, did he have a fire under him regarding starting his own business. He loved entrepreneurship, and he was just getting involved in the world of online magazines through the Apple newsstand, a very, very new feature at the time, still a fairly new feature. And he's taken that channel and grown to something really successful. And then he's tapped into Instagram and exploded on that platform to the tune at the moment of over 400,000 followers. He's now making over six figures a year from this business. Every time I speak to him, he's got new stories to tell about incredible growth. His email list is topping 100,000, and he's got over a million entrepreneurs paying attention to the work he does on his magazine, which I should mention is called Founder. That's found and then R at the end. And uh, I can't wait to dive into the story because I'm pretty close to it, so we're going to really dive deep into the nitty-gritty personal stuff with my guest today, Nathan Chan. Thank you, Nathan, for joining me. Wow. Thank you so much for the uh, kind introduction, Yarrow. I was going to say, it's funny because I remember when I met you, probably about you know two years ago, I was interviewing you uh, and, and it was a midnight for me. Right. <laughs> we flipped the switch. <laughs> yeah, no, we flipped the switch. And you're one of the first person, like one of the first people to ever do interviews. And I used to watch when I was in my day job, like some of your interviews and some talks that you did on YouTube and stuff. <laughs> Old school stuff. All right. Yeah. <sighs> it's not about me today, Nathan. It's about you. So <laughs> and this is nice. So this, just let's quickly break down some numbers so people know why it's worth listening to you. So the first big success was founder, the magazine and the app store, right? Mm. which currently, what can you tell us about that? How many subscribers or how does it, how does that even work? Yeah. So founder magazine is a, it's a digital magazine on the app store and Google play store and it's targeted at mobile and tablet devices. So it's, it's an app that allows you to read various magazine issues. And we've got about 40, 45 magazine issues in the, in the, in the app right now. And we've got 25,000 monthly readers, and that's a combination between paid and unpaid. And we've been lucky enough uh, to to build, a, I guess, a, an entrepreneurial brand from scratch. So I started – I launched Founder March 5th, 2013, and uh, 
you know, since we've launched, um, you know, you've mentioned some numbers there, I've mentioned some numbers, but we've also been quite privileged to feature uh, many super successful entrepreneurs like Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Seth Godin, Tony Robbins, Damon John, like the list goes on. And that's really been a massive uh, way to, I guess, get some get some cut through in, in the noise that that's out there like there's a lot of people doing stuff around entrepreneurship there's a lot of people doing interviews uh there's a lot of brands out there yeah that's actually a really good point the fact that you have and i think this is because you went with a format that wasn't dominated by any other independent entrepreneurial publication however you went up against mainstream entrepreneurial publications like Entrepreneur Magazine, uh, you know, like Success, all the different ones out there, um, Forbes. Of course, mm. they're all becoming digital now, so it's kind of blurring the lines. So you kind of sort of went up against those. And I, you know what? I really want to know your thinking during the early days. Even before we get to that part of the story, I have to stick to the entrepreneur's journey formula here for podcasts. I, I want to know the Nathan Chen backstory. So... Let's say you, right now you've obviously got a great business. We're going to dive into how you do magazines and we're going to dive into how you've grown your Instagram. But before all this happened, and this, I feel like I, I might have met you just at the start of this, this entrepreneurial journey. But before that, you born and raised in Melbourne, lived a normal life, got a job, right? Yep, 100%, man. Like, uh, been work, was working uh, in corporate uh, at, a, at a travel company. Had been working, yeah, full time in in IT for about four years. Did you go to university? Yes, I, I actually had two university degrees. My first was in business slash IT, and then part of part of my first degree, I had to do an internship of of like placement, work placement, and it was really funny, man, because. You know, the the round went out for all the jobs that were available to all the students in my course, my university course. And, uh, you know, I just applied for like five that were of interest to me. And uh, one of them was Boost Juice. And then another was an accounting firm. And there was also another one at a uh, pharmaceutical called GlaxoSmithKline. And that accounting firm, they were the first people to get back to me. They interviewed me straight away and they asked me, do you want the job within the first week? Boost Juice got back to me, but by that t- by that stage, I'd already made a decision and uh, Glaxo, they still hadn't got back to me. And I remember speaking to the careers person saying, like, what should I do? Because I don't know if this I should take this job. And he said, look, Nathan, you know, where I'm coming from, so many people are struggling to get jobs. I think you should just take it. And I think that was one of the worst decisions <laughs> I ever made because I took this job at a really crappy like accounting firm that was super structured. They had no idea how to run a business. They treated me like like cattle, like they treated their staff like cattle. And I just absolutely hated it, Yarrow. Like it was so bad, man. Like I was getting paid, I think it was like like 28K a year, which is just embarrassing when 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 you want to talk about like, you know, the amount of money a founder generates in, in a week, you know, it's just Yeah, yeah. and living um, in Melbourne, twenty eight thousand doesn't get you much either. It's an expensive yeah. city. So how how old were you, Nathan, when you took that job? 
Uh, 23. 23. And so you're fresh out of your first degree and that was... No, sorry. It would have been around 22. 22, I think. Okay. 22. So I'm assuming at any point in time, whether in your university studies or even before that, uh, you know, as a teenager or even before that, was there any entrepreneurial drive in you at all? Yeah, I was always like a bit of a... Like I, you could say maybe I had the gift of the gab, my mum likes to call it, or, or like a, I was a bit of a wheeler and dealer. Like I used to sell things and, and stuff like that and I always was super resourceful when it comes to problem solving. And uh, funnily enough, that job that I hated, that place that place, and that boss that I had that who was a terrible boss, he taught me a lot of good lessons around problem solving and being super resourceful and actually like how to lead and, and – and treat people. <laughs> okay, so that was sort of the, I guess, the real world training, right? How to uh, <laughs> how to operate with other human beings professionally. Um, now, I, I got a piece together because how old were you when I met you? I think around twenty five. So it wasn't it was only a few years later. Okay, so you finish your degree, you enter your, I guess, this placement with this low salary. Is this yep. when you start to discover the sort of online entrepreneurship world, you know, including my YouTube videos with everything else going on online? No. So what happened was I think I would have been around 22. I did the one-year internship and then I went away to Europe. And part of part of me taking on that job, I, I, I they promised me that I could take two months off and go to Europe because I'd never been overseas before. And I did a bit of soul searching and, and I realized when I came like while I was in Europe, I never wanted to go back to that job. I always wanted to work in marketing. So what can I do to, to, to like actually start working in marketing? Um, during when I was doing my IT degree, I actually tried to transfer to a marketing degree. But because I bombed so many subjects, I think I failed like seven subjects of that university degree. <laughs> I couldn't even transfer. So I was in a bit of a, a tight spot, as you can imagine. So I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Like, do I go back to uni or do I just apply for a marketing job? What do I do? So, you know, when I was in Europe, I decided when I came back that I was going to do, instead of going back and doing an undergraduate degree to try and get into marketing, I'd do a postgraduate. And I went to, uh, you know, Vic Uni and, and uh, I spoke to the careers person there and they said, yeah, you'd be perfect. Uh, we'll take you on. So I applied as soon as I go back from Europe. And I got accepted. So and during your second that, degree. This is my second degree. So I was a master's of business majoring in marketing. And that took me two years to complete. And Were during, you working a job at that time as well? Yep, okay. work, yep, working a job, working a job. And when I came back from Europe, I applied and, and got this new job because I had to leave that place and I got a job at Intrepid Travel. And I worked at Intrepid for about three years, uh, three, three and a half years. So during that period, you know, I, I moved to the new job at Intrepid. I wanted to work in marketing. I was doing my degree. And then I came up with the idea somehow to to fuse my love of technology because I still love technology. I just hated like IT work and fuse that with, with marketing. And then I started looking into online marketing stuff. I read the four-hour work week and – and this kind of that kind of put me on this path to 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 think you know well maybe I, I I can create my own job maybe I can do my own thing then you know I found the uh, thirty day challenge and that's uh you know 
Dale. I met Ed Dale, Ed Dale, and then I funnily enough went to one of his seminars that he did in Melbourne. First seminar I'd ever been to in my life. I was absolutely blown away. I thought it was the best thing ever. And uh, he talked about Magcast. He talked about magazines. And, uh, you know, I just – so at that stage I was probably, I think, around – would have been around 25. And, uh, you know, I was just about to – I was just about to leave – to go to Europe again to finish off the rest of my marketing degree and I was doing a, an, I guess a, a, an exchange in France for a, cup, for, for a month to finish off the rest of my degree and that was an amazing experience. I learned some, from some very, very smart people around business entrepreneurship and stuff like that and before I left to go to France, I – uh, you know, Ed was Ed was selling his course Magcast, which I remember you wrote a blog post about. I did. Uh, an and email, I think. Yeah, yeah, you emailed. Maybe I was on your list too, man. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But um, I ended up purchasing Magcast before I left because I thought it was such a brilliant idea. The seed was planted in my mind uh, when I went to Ed's seminar. And yeah, it was just, uh, you know, then I, when I came back um, from France, like I said, I went to France. I said, when I come back, I'm going to start working on this magazine. So it was the literally your first venture into online business is actually the one that became successful. You didn't have any other sort of false start projects before that? Uh, I did. When I was stuffing around with the 30-day challenge, I tried to create a website called bestsmellingcologne.net, which I'm <laughs> sure some of your audience, uh, that those kind of stories would resonate with them. <laughs> so yeah, that was an epic fail, bro. <laughs> it didn't last long. Well, it's it's pretty standard thirty day challenge in each marketing style, so it makes a lot of sense. Okay, so yeah, yeah. you invested in Madcast. Now, Madcast is not a cheap entry level product. It's it's in the in the thousand dollar range, right? It was two k. Two k. So two k USD on my credit card. I didn't have much money because, you know, I was just about to go to Europe, right. <laughs> and I was like always lived by my bank balance for traveling. Okay. Like I I love traveling, just like you. So what happened next? So I I came back uh, from from France and uh, I started working on this magazine. And at first, you know, yeah, I was actually going to do a magazine on horse racing, and I was going to do it with my housemate because <laughs> okay. my housemate is uh, he's he's a he's a, a really really successful uh, horse racing journalist now. Like he's on TV every day now, and he's crushing it. And uh, funnily enough, I, I was just best man at his wedding this weekend and spoke. But uh, let's not digress. I was going to do a, a horse racing magazine with him, but then he just took on a job at uh, Racing Racing Victoria and he couldn't do any other side gigs. Because it's funny, Yara, I've always done things with other people. Like even if I go out somewhere like to the shops or I go anywhere, like I always you know, have Emily with me or I'm always doing something with someone or I get Isaac, my brother, like whatever, like see what my brother's doing. You know, I'm always doing something with someone. I always have, I'm always around company. And, you know, I ended up just launching the magazine by myself and and it was a big independence thing. Like even with the traveling thing, I've always traveled with someone else, never really traveled alone. And uh, what happened was, you know, my friend didn't want to do the magazine on horse racing and I was, you know, I was interested in personal development, entrepreneurship, that kind of stuff. 
Uh, I was listening to podcasts a lot by that stage. Uh, I remember Ed was recommending podcasts. I used to listen to, and still to this day, I listen to every single word that Ed Dale says. Like, you know, he's, he's like a mentor to me and he's taught me a lot. And he was saying how good podcasts are and how they're coming and like interviews. And, you know, I heard, listened to your interviews and I, I just knew this interview thing was really hot. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I should create a magazine around entrepreneurship. And that's kind of like what happened. And it took a long time to actually launch that magazine because I got back from France, I think it was in, uh, it would have been September. And I didn't launch the magazine. So that was September 2012. And I didn't launch the magazine till March 2013, man. Which makes sense as a learning curve. You would have had to have hired people. So let, let's go through this. What did you mm. do in that period before you know to publish your first ep- edition of Founder Magazine, which I believe it wasn't called Founder Magazine to begin with? Yeah, no. So we can talk about when I was sued for trademark infringement within the first four months of Founder, but let's talk about first... Um, setup. What, yeah, let's talk about setup. So what was really cool about Madcast is is they have training videos that not only give you the software, like off-the-shelf software to produce your own magazine, but they actually have step-by-step videos on how to create it and also strategies around how to get content and how to put your magazine together. They even gave you templates, like design templates. And, and they even sometimes, and this is ridiculous even thinking about it now, they even gave, and they probably still do it, um, they even give templates to design your own magazine in Keynote. <laughs> which oh. is like like that is way beyond us if you, if you if you know the kind of level of design and what we try to do with founder but pretty funny you know like it, well, Matt, ed is a big fan of uh, <laughs> apple products so i'm not surprised he he does he does love keynote so we should clarify ed dale is the founder of the company that produces magcast and also yes. the founder of the 30 day challenge which is what you first initially got introduced to ed so you've very much been in ed's world um so using his software, so that's what basically what you had to taught yourself how to do, right? So you you followed his videos, but then you hired someone. Is that what happened? Yeah, so I followed his videos, and uh, then you know I, I had to hire a designer because there was no way I was going to design the magazine myself. One, I couldn't be bothered with that, and I can sometimes be a little lazy when it comes to doing certain things I don't like doing. And I worked out very quickly that if. If there's stuff that needs to be done but you don't like doing it, it's probably always best to outsource it or delegate it. And that's what I that's what I did. And I went through like a couple of different magazine designers uh, before we got the level of design that we were looking for. And that's what took us a while. And in fact, you've even met our um, magazine designer that we ended up working with, Karen. Uh, in San Francisco, we were in San Fran, and uh, we've been we've become great friends since. Uh, but how did you find I, him? Yeah, so I found him through a recommendation, but also when I found his profile on Behance.net. So there was a guy called oh geez, I forget his name, but he he created this this magazine called Digital Nomad. And I saw his magazine, and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And then I somehow stumbled across. Uh, Koran on a combination of Elance and then also Behance.net because I was looking for magazine designers. And um, 
Yeah, I spoke to Karan and we, we even had like, um, you know, a, an MVP of what we were going to launch. And like Karan made me realize the power of design. Like it's funny, you know, we talk about these lessons that I've learned along the way. A lot of it was just from speaking to people and that was one thing that, that Karan taught me and I'll be forever grateful that he taught me that because uh, – the power of design is so extremely important in this day and age if you want to be able to stand out with your with your with your content or your your product or your service or whatever. Yeah, I have to admit when I first saw your work, you and, and Karan Karan, that was what stood out the most. And and even you as a person, Nathan, it's really come through every time I've talked to you, you just really spend a lot of time on, on design. You personally enjoy it and love looking at nice design and it, and it comes through with your work. And I think that's really helped you. Um, so let's, let's move forward with this. So you, you hire a designer that solves the design problem. How do you solve the content problem? So the best way to solve the content problem for us and like, <laughs> I don't do this anymore, but I did a lot of the writing or I got, or I got friends to do the writing and also, we find bloggers that write brilliant content and ask them if we can repurpose their content by giving them full attribution and a link back to their site. I believe I was one of those bloggers. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah, know yeah. how it works. Um, yeah, so. yeah, so that's that's a really smart way, and that's something that Ed Dale taught around content strategy, and we still like. We, we we don't do it that much, but we still do that every now and then, and a lot of magazines do it. Mm, that makes sense that's because how time, that's how time started. It was curated, right? And it, it's fantastic because I published an article on my blog. I wouldn't want to see it on other websites, but I'm happy to see it in a magazine because the magazine's a different platform. So mm. there's not really competition there. Although I don't really mind personally so much if my content appears on other blogs, but I know a lot of people do worry about that. But since it's a different format, it doesn't get that duplicate issue with potential search engine optimization problems and so on. But let's move forward because I'm kind of curious, you know, post-launching the first edition, then the making money part. And I still want to cover Instagram too. So we got to get through all this. So, you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. in summary, the first edition was a combination of you getting these bloggers to submit some, taking their articles, asking for their permission, you maybe writing a bit yourself and also then Karan doing the design work and then publish. Getting, getting some friends to, to write some stuff too. And then also uh, getting my mom to help me proof it and copy edit it. Nice. Got to have the mom involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super ghetto, man. So you then what? Then you, you go through the Magcast software to sort of get it all marked up and then submitted to iTunes. Is that how it works? Yep. 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 So, Use the Magcast software to build the app. That, that The software actually builds the app and puts it together for you. And you can download that app, which is just like a little zip, and then uh, zip file. And uh, you, like you, you put the build and you upload it and you submit it to iTunes to be reviewed. And, of course, you need other things like you need a screen – like you need an icon for your app. You need screenshots for your app. You need a, your pricing model for your app. You need a copy for the landing page. You need screenshots for your app when you come to the landing page. You, you know, you need to set up the push notifications. You need to host it with Amazon S3 or, you know, you, there's a few other technical mm. elements, but 
but Mancast take you through that whole process, which they make it really easy. So all said and done, how much money did you put in to get to the point of releasing your first edition of your magazine? Cost me 3K. That includes Mancast software? Includes Mancast software. So 2K for the software, 1K for all the, the design yeah, and work. we're talking and in USD. USD. Okay, so you know you haven't made any money yet, but you put in $3,000 and a whole bunch of your own time. So you click the publish button. What happens next? Well, the the first day we launched, we made five dollars. How? We had, uh, well, we had seventy downloads. I think seventy or seventy eight downloads, and we made five dollars uh, because we 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 opted for a subscription based business model, and you could also do. We also have one off issue purchases, and when we launched, uh, two people paid for the magazine. So seventy eight people downloaded it. And uh, two people paid for the magazine. So not a bad conversion rate for your first ever product, hey, on your first day launching. And I, and please keep in mind, I did had no social media, did no big launch, just had to launch the magazine, but did no press around it. Right. So it was just coming from iTunes traffic that was already looking yep. for magazines. Can you just explain what the difference is between a 78 downloads versus the buyers? What, what was the two different things they were getting? Like a free version or something? So... The app is always free to download, so it's like a container. And inside that container, that's where the issues are. Like right now we have like 45 issues and you you can't read anything. You can preview, but you you can preview like the first, like my first 10 pages. But to read the whole issue, you'd have to buy it. So we had two people buy the whole issue. Gotcha. Okay, so one issue gets published with the app as the container. You had 78 downloads of the containing app. They could yep. Some of those people previewed 10 pages, but two yep. people actually purchased. And it was how much an issue? $2.50, was it, per issue back then? Three ninety nine. Oh, so if we made $5, we must have had one person uh, subscribe and then one person no. uh Purchase one off because oh, right. it's two ninety nine plus. Uh, you don't don't worry about the math. Yeah, <laughs> we get the yeah, picture. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I forget now. But, no, but that's yeah, fine. I mean, two sales from your from just putting something out into the world is pretty encouraging. So, what are you thinking? Let's let's just pump out more editions and and hopefully we'll get more sales. Well, I said to myself, Yarrow, when it launched, like first of all. That $5 was the best $5 I ever made, man. Like that, you know, you, you know how you talked about like I've got this fire underneath me? Mm-hmm. I was never like this, dude. I was just like a regular guy. I just it was content with my nine to five. So I wanted to work in marketing. But somewhere along the way, something happened, bro, where I've just got this ridiculous amount of hustle and drive in me, right? And I think it was when that, like, you know, when we launched, it was just, like, so exciting. It was so exciting to make your first $5 online. I created something with my own two hands that people were prepared to exchange their cold, hard cash that they've earned for it. And I knew nothing about apps. I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about entrepreneurship. I knew nothing about design, editorial. But yet still, I could create something that that there was at least perceived value there. Uh, and I wasn't there to trick anyone, but you know what I mean? Like that was, that was quite, 
a changing point for me, Yarrow. And I said to myself when we launched, you know, I'm going to give this a good hard crack for a year. And even when we launched, I still was trying to get a job in marketing. It was funny. I even went to like, uh, do you know the company Aesop? That's a uh, makeup, isn't it? Or skincare, skincare yeah, right? Yeah, skincare, and they do like hand soaps and stuff. I I went for a marketing job at ASOS, and I actually took my iPad to show them the magazine, and they're like, "Wow, this is impressive." So I was still going. Like I, I still didn't know that I was going to work on Founder full time. I just I I thought it might be just a side project, and that's what I treated it like. Okay, so when did a side project become a full project? So. I guess, you know, as time went on, you know, when, once I launched the first issue, it was like it was less about, um, you, know, uh, you know, can I make money? You know, the more and more people I started talking to, it was more about like it's less about, you know, can I make enough money to leave my day job? It was, And then it became, you know, it became friends with people like you. It became like, you know, it's only a matter of time that I could build this thing up and uh, – that's what I did, man. I just kept, you know, no one had heard of Founder. No one had heard of what we're doing still to this day. Not many people know what we're doing. We're not in the mainstream. We're just kind of just scratching the surface with like the indies and the hipsters and stuff like that. But I think back then I was eating a lot of crap, Yarrow. Like there was a lot of people that started magazines that gave up. The first month we finished, we made 80 bucks. The second month we we we, we, we closed off, you know, we did – and it was like 130 bucks, and then it just kept going up. And and I could see there was some form of predictability in a subscription based business model. And I just I just had to keep going because another big thing that to take away here is you know, I don't like to let people down. And we were getting subscribers all the time. And if people were paying for a subscription, you betcha they're going to get a magazine issue every month. So I was just forced to make it happen, you know, mm. and su- be super, super consistent because that's, I think, the key to success is just consistency, dude. Yeah, it's a good a good form of accountability you had there. Yeah. It's people are paying in advance or at least subscribing to something they expected to get. So uh, you had a fairly big hiccup around the fourth month. And I remember you I – w- I knew you by then. I think I'd moved or was about to move to Melbourne. You invited me to dinner. We had chats about your magazine. It wasn't called Founder at that dinner. Uh, can you talk about what it used to be called? Or are you not not allowed to legally? Uh, I can't. I can't say what it used to be called. Okay. But let's just say it was a three three worded name, <laughs> and it was a blessing in disguise that I got sued. It is, but it, I remember, <laughs> yeah, because it forced well, it forced you to come with Founder, which is a brilliant name. But I remember speaking to you. You were pretty nervous about this because uh, you know you were you're on just getting started. So what happened? You get a letter in the mail saying stop using this name. Bro, let's be honest. I was absolutely packing it. Like I was like so scared. I thought I was going to go bankrupt. I didn't know what was going to happen. And the whole story around this, because I know we've got to keep it moving. I'll, I'll speed it up a little. Long story short, four months in, I woke up, go to my day job, and I got an email, and I check my emails every morning, like my founder emails or work emails, like magazine emails, and and I got an, uh, an email from somebody saying, hey, I'm some hotshot lawyer. If you didn't know, you're being sued uh, in, in Dallas State, Texas. Uh, I know the judge. You should totally get me to represent you uh, and – yeah, like we need to move fast. And the first thing I did, I called one of my mentors who's been sued many times before for his businesses, uh, especially in America. And 
uh, pretty much what happened in the end was I got served. I got a FedEx package in the mail. I signed it off. I got 50, you know, 50 pages of this is what you've done. This is what you're doing. You're infringing on our marks. Um, and I went to the company. Funnily enough, I went to the company that I work for, Intrepid Travel, and and they were really supportive. The the CEO is one another one of my mentors. He was super supportive, and uh, one of the lawyers there helped me work through it all. And I just changed the name, and and we moved on. It it, it sounds it's funny when we're talking to you. It sounded like such a big deal, but then it's just like change the name. You've got a better name and founder now, and keep going. So. Did you have to go back and change your previous editions, you know, change the covers oh, and the yeah. branding and the naming and all yeah, that? That dude, must have been a job. Yeah. yeah, that was a big job, but we we pulled it all together, me, Karen, uh, a couple of other people, uh, contractors, random contractors. We pulled it all together and we rolled it out in like three, four days. It was awesome, man. Awesome. Okay, so let's, let's close the loop on this uh, Founder Magazine story. So... Today, uh, you, you're making, uh, I know you don't like to talk specifics too much, but you're, you're, there's basically a full-time salary just from founder. Let's forget about everything else you do, just from, I'm assuming, subscriptions and, and one-off payments of buying a magazine. So what does, what does founder look like today? How does it work? How do, how do, all, how do all these buyers, where do they come from? You know, how did you grow yeah. that part of the business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So founder, you know, profitable six-figure business, just the magazine alone. Uh, so what happened was with Founder, I identified low-hanging fruit. And this is something that you taught me, Yara, which is really cool. Like I was – I remember I was talking to you and I was like, how do I get more subscribers? What should I do? And, and you always talked about how you worked with the low-hanging fruit. And I worked out on – our low-hanging fruit was App Store optimization. So we just got really, really good at uh, doing SEO in the App Store. Uh, we're not – like Apple have made some changes, so we're not milking it as much as we used to. But back in the glory days, dude, uh, still to this day, like you know, if you search for Entrepreneur Magazine, Fast Company, Forbes, Founder, first thing you see, a big leverage point for us was in issue eight where we got Richard Branson, and we've just used that to really uh, have a lot of social How did you get Richard proof. Branson? Yeah, so Richard Branson, I I made a lot of phone calls pitched found his head of PR pitched her and pitched for a Skype interview and she said um, you know please know that we get like at least 10 requests a day you know wow you guys are really new um, but I, I promise I will get back to you I thought I, I bombed it was never going to get him and she come back to me a few weeks later and said um, he's happy to do an email interview and then we took that ran with that put him on the front cover and we've been writing that for a long time man it is pretty impressive that you were eight editions in, brand new. Why not? Let's just ask Richard Branson and see if he'll do an interview. Hey, he says yes. And then that is such a massive credibility stepping stone because you can now say, we featured Richard Branson to get other people to come on. But keep telling telling me that you said, so it was SEO, uh, not SEO, app optimization that got the initial traction to really grow your audience base. But um, what else worked and, and what what works today? Yeah, so so once yeah, so I'll be really clear. We we pitched uh, Richard Branson just before I was sued, so four months in, and we used him for issue eight. And the things that worked the best still to this day was having Richard Branson in the screenshots and using him in the icon that doubled our downloads. And then also 
We did uh, like piggybacking off big brands and we piggybacked off heavy keywords that worked really well. Then also another thing that we did was we reworked the funnel within MagCast and I just worked it backwards. Like what does it look like to want to get you to download the magazine? What does it look like to get you to want to find the magazine? What does it look like once you first open the magazine? How can we incentivize people to, you know, do all sorts of things? So one thing that we did was whenever you first when you first open up the app and these statistics are still relevant to this day is when you first open up the app 30% of people will subscribe when you first open up the app which is pretty cool uh, and because we have this really big banner that's like learn from proven entrepreneurs or proven successful super 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 successful entrepreneurs and founders you have a big cover of Richard Branson, then we have, you know, logos of like Huffington Post and, and founders of these companies, many more, and, you know, start your free trial with a big red button. That seems to work, that seems to have worked really well. And then when someone does subscribe, we hit them with a one-click upsell and that works really, really well too. So it's like, okay, you've just subscribed for whatever, you're going to get, you know, magazine issues going forward. But you know, we've got a special one-time only offer right now. You can get all of the back issues for I think forty bucks or thirty-nine, thirty or thirty dollars. Um, you know, you can get them now. It would usually cost about a hundred and twenty dollars if you were to purchase them all outright, or you know, two hundred dollars or whatever. Um, and then boom, off to the races. And those two little things, uh, SEO, we're reworking the funnel, have worked really, really well, man. How much is the subscription now today? Two ninety nine a month, three ninety nine, uh, two ninety nine uh, direct debit monthly auto renewal, three ninety nine a month, three ninety nine one off issue, no four ninety nine one off issue purchase, <laughs> twenty one ninety nine for a yearly. Okay, so it sounds pretty simple. Download the app. You see a free trial. If you say yes, you get a free month. Then you go on to one of those either yearly or monthly subscriptions, I assume. Yep. And then immediately after they click yes to the free trial, they're shown get all the back issues for a one-time fee. And that's where the majority of this six-figure magazine business income comes from. There's no paid advertising in the magazine or anything like that, is there? Yeah, no. No paid ads. All all six-figure yeah, subscription only. Awesome. So that, that kind of puts a bow around <laughs> Founder, and you can see you've got a team in terms of your designer. I know you, you've probably expanded now to you've got some writers writing for Founder as well. Is that right? Ghost yeah, writers. we've got writers, writers, you name it, copy editors, contributors. Yeah. Yeah. All contractors, though. You've got no employees yet, right? I do have some employees now, okay. uh, but they actually, funnily enough, don't work on the magazine. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's reach that point when you reach it. So the next thing that obviously you're known for now is Instagram because you started the founder Instagram channel, which as we talk has over 400,000 followers. Now I find that really impressive because you've done that, you know, not talking about makeup or fashion. You're not an, a, you know, a model or a famous movie star. You know, you're a business magazine. So it's, it's not the, to what I would call the traditional visual format, even though you've got pretty covers and all that it doesn't sort of, it's not what I think of when I think of Instagram. So mm. the fact that you tapped into that and I know it's a huge part of your business today. Can you explain how that opportunity first crossed your mind? Was it just one of many channels you were considering as a growth strategy for a founder? 
Yeah, this is this is great. So, what happened, Yarrow, is I I, pro- I forgot to mention, and I don't know how, but uh, Instagram was a big way for us to grow the grow the magazine too. And by that stage, um, I'd left my day job. So, okay. so I let's, let's timestamp this. When did you quit your yeah. job? I remember that was a big moment. Yeah, I quit my job. Oh, it would be over a year and a half ago now. Okay. How much money were you making at that point? Do you remember just just, just so you felt safe? Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I'll say that I replaced my income and operating costs for the business, okay. my, my paycheck and income for the op- So you felt, for, you for felt the comfortable then? Yep, felt comfortable. But not like confident like how you talked about off air, like, you know, things are going well now for us, um, you know, when we last spoke. I wasn't as comfortable as, as we are now. Um, so... What happened was, so this is about, yeah, I left my day job about a year and a half ago and exactly a year ago, so exactly in November, this time last year, I was still, you know, I still had to work my way around things. I remember even asking you for advice because like I wasn't very effective when I first left my day job. I didn't really know what to do. It was so weird. I was like, dude, how do you get stuff done? Like what's your routine like? I remember asking you, man, and uh, it was funny because I just need to work my way around it all and... Pretty much, I was trying all these different channels. You know, we were trying to to purchase Facebook likes. We were doing some advertising on Facebook to to grow the magazine. You know, app advertising. We, you know, we just launched a new website. I was trying to do some guest blogging, and I was doing all sorts of things, doing the stuff you're told to do. And uh, I wasn't really, I didn't really feel like you know the magazine was going okay. I was placing my income, but we were still kind of scraping by, to be honest with you. And, you know, we were just scraping by. I wasn't paying myself. I was paying myself okay, but not like well, what, what the kind of revenue we're doing now. And what happened was I had a couple of friends that were doing some really cool stuff on Instagram and they they were in the health niche. One of those friends you actually know, do you know Jake McKeon? Do you remember Jake McKeon? Yeah, yeah, I remember Jake. Yeah, yeah so Jake – and then uh, there was a, a mutual friend and, and a guy that I never spoke to in a long time, but he apparently was crushing it on Instagram. And and I was just about to bring an intern on, and I was going down this intern path. So it was literally this time last year, I was like, I need more help with founder. I'm a solopreneur. I've got my contractors, but I want someone here on the ground to help me with some stuff. And I remember that just before I left my day job, I you know, about two, three months before I left my day job, I had uh, like um, this dude that was a reader of the magazine contact me and said, hey, would you like to advertise on my Instagram page? I've got, you know, 20,000 followers. And it turned it up, he was, it, turned, it ended up, you know, he was actually from Frankston. So, you know, in Melbourne, he was okay. from Melbourne. And he's like, you know, I read your magazine. I love it. Um, I think I can get you more readers. Would you like to advertise on my Instagram page? And he's like, we can post a cover of the Richard Branson, you know, and, and we'd say, you know, go to foundermag.com forward slash iTunes or Android in the description, get more downloads. And we tested it. I paid him like, you know, 20, 30 bucks to do a promotion and it didn't work. So he mentioned in the caption uh, that, you know, to get the magazine, go to this place. And I'd watched my Google Analytics and no spike in sales, nothing. No spike in downloads, nothing. Didn't. Didn't, didn't bother. So I was like, yeah, whatever, didn't work. And then, you know, 
I was bringing this intern on, and, and I'm sure you're familiar with this process, yeah, where you're like you've got some things on your mind that you should be doing, but you don't want to have the mental capacity to work on it. So maybe you should get someone else to do it, or maybe an intern to do, or, or, or someone in your team, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I opened up our Instagram account, hadn't opened it up in about a year. It was there, but it wasn't doing anything. We had like 20, 30 photos. Uh, I had another friend that was helping me with some social media stuff. So he, I guess, seeded some content in there. And I just thought I'd open it up just to find out like what's happening on it uh, because we're about to get this intern to come on. And pretty much uh, I did a couple of posts from my Instagram page and we had those like, you know, 500 followers and I saw not only our download spike, but our sales spike on Google Analytics. And I just posted about the magazine. I did like three posts in like in the space of three hours. And I was like, Ooh. And you had 500 or so followers on Instagram yeah. at the point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think maybe even you were following us back then. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And um, it was just my friends following me and just a few random people. And I was like, oh, what are we on to here? And then I looked at that guy that um, – that uh, you know that pay that I paid for a promotion, and he had eighty thousand followers. And I was like, okay. So, and then I spoke to Jake, and Jake was like, okay, if you want to crush it on Instagram, here's some things you should do. And I took all of like some of the things that Jake shared with me, some of the things that that guy from Frankston shared with me, and some of my own research and own battle testing. And we just turned our Instagram account into just an absolute beast lead generation machine. And uh, we've built that from zero to 450,000 followers. And we've been on Instagram for close to 13 months. Uh, We've generated, I think, at least 70,000 email subscribers, uh, generated hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, that we can we can track back to Instagram. It would be millions if we were on Instagram earlier. Wow, you just rocketed to the end of the story. <laughs> now, everyone <laughs> listening in would be going, wait a sec, you asked your friends, you did your own research, you did some tweaks, and boom, you've got 400,000 followers. Can you tell us some of the things you did that jacked up your follower count? Mm. So one thing that I found worked really well, and I kind of just stole this from Success Magazine and some of these big other publications is they post a lot of quotes. A lot of people post a lot of quotes and I never really understood the whole quote game. Even our friend Joel, Joel from Addicted to Success, he kind of like pioneered this thing where he he posts quotes and it worked really, really well for him. And uh, that's just what we started doing on Instagram and I, and I saw – that um, you know, the more we posted, the faster we grew, and I saw that these quotes got a lot of likes and a lot of people tagging in their friends, like mentioning them in the caption, and that uh, seemed to work really, really effectively for us. And then uh, another thing I, I identified and worked out was if you can get other accounts to shout you out, which is called S for S, share for share. If you can get other accounts to shout you out. It can be very, very possible. Like it can be very, very powerful to to build your account really fast. So here, you know, on a on a micro level, here's some of the things that we're doing. We have brilliantly designed content. We have a theme for our account that is very consistent, where we only post quotes, startup tips, facts. We post magazine covers, stuff about the podcast, 
stuff about our lead magnet, tell people to click on the link in our bio to get our lead magnet, send people to a landing page, and that seems to work really, really well. We post on a consistent basis. In the past 13 months, I've only ever missed one day of posting. Otherwise, I've posted every single day. The reason I missed one day of posting was uh, we had Karen's wedding in, in India and it was over in the air for a long time and didn't have any internet access. Uh, but you know, I post every single day, try and post four to eight times a day. Is it a little aggressive? Yes. Is it a little spammy? Maybe. Does it work? 100%. The more you post, the faster you grow. And then another thing we do is we try and get as many accounts as we can to shout us out and do as many S for S as we can. We've joined Shout Up. We've got, we're part of Shout Out groups. We have regular rotations going on. Uh, we've got rela- I have relationships with all the top Instagram accounts in the business, entrepreneurship, motivational niche. I'm buddies with them all. I can I can get them to help me with so many things. Uh, it's it's massive and uh, in a roundabout way because I'm trying to speed things up for you, Yara. That's how we're doing it. <laughs> awesome. A couple of questions regarding all of that. So I can see now that you're big. It's easy to get the attention of other big players. But when you first start and you're trying to do these get these mutual shout-out exchanges going, do you just sort of target people who are the same size as you or did you do paid? Like, do you give them money to do it? Like, how does that work at the beginning? Yeah, so to get to our first 100,000 followers that we did, then we got there in four months, uh, we spent about $1,000 in paid shout-outs. Did that work? Yeah, that brought us, I'd say at the time, at least five to ten thousand followers. Okay, and then also another thing that we did, and please keep in mind, you don't have to pay. You can build an account using you know these strategies without. Uh, it, it's all consistency, right? Like mm. it's long term game. Mm-hmm. You know, I started from zero, just like everyone else. Um, another thing you can do when it comes to you don't if you don't want to go down the paid shout out route and you don't have to to grow really fast is you can find an account that has like 500 followers. No, sorry. If you have 500 followers and there's an account that has 2,000 followers, you can tell them I'll do a four for one. So I'll post your content four times and you post mine once. And then another thing you can do is you can try and find leverage. So I can give you an example. Like there's people that shout me out all the time that might have, you know, a million followers or 700,000 followers or 500,000 followers. So they have a significantly larger following than us, but I've helped them out in many other ways, whether that's, you know, feature them on our Huffington Post column, whether that's interview them for our podcast, whether that's, you know, try and help them with their business, you name it. And, uh, yeah, you can always try and find leverage because all this shout-out for shout-out stuff really is, Yarrow, is it's just partnerships, man. Mm. It's just partnerships. All these businesses are doing it. You know, we were talking about Michelle Farn off-air. I don't know if she does it, but all these YouTubers, they all get on everyone else's YouTube channel. You know, everybody wants to collaborate with Drake and, and Drake collaborates with everyone else. He's been on Nicki Minaj's, you know, album and does some – uh, you know, music songs with her, and then he's done songs with Jay Z. Then he's done songs with Lil Wayne, and then he's done songs with whoever's the next hottest rapper. And you know, it's just sharing the audience. Yeah, very true. And even I grew up with the whole idea of sending an email out, promote someone, 
doing a podcasting TV like we're doing now. So it's it's what you have to do: get involved with the, the the community and start promoting other people, and then you'll get promoted as well and build relationships. So I can sort of see how this comes together. And you're obviously a fantastic relationship builder. You're obviously a great content producer. You're you're obviously good at managing contractors because you're producing way more content now than you ever were before. Magazine content, Instagram content. I, I'm i I'd love to dive into even you know how do you produce eight new Instagram images a day the tools you use. There's so many things we could talk about, but I know you actually have training in this area, so I don't want to dive in too much because we can direct people to your Instagram course, which happens to be the thing I actually want to talk about next because you didn't have a product of your own. You were 100% founder income. Instagram was growing your founder subscriber base and your customers, but then you also were growing your email list because, as you said before, you have a lead magnet, which is a free download on how to get uh, more Instagram followers, how to get 10,000 Instagram followers, and you should give us the URL for that in a moment. That leads to your email list, which now today leads to a course. So can you just take us through that period of time when you released your first course and how that came about and what tools you use to deliver and promote it. Yeah. So what happened was, you know, I never thought that we'd go down this course's path. And, you know, one, you, you've been with me every step of the journey, man. It's funny because I remember, you know, we had a call and I said, what should I do? I want to create this course. And and how that all came about was we were doing some cool stuff on Instagram and, and I wrote this blog post and it was like how to get your, you know, we wrote it literally, we literally wrote it over a year ago and we're going to do an updated version because um, that blog post has been still to this day the most successful blog post on our site and we want to do an updated version because we need to do an update. And and the blog post was how we got 10,000 followers in two weeks on Instagram. And I want to know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I haven't got 10,000 followers yet. I want to know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look – Check out that blog post, but also that's on founder.com, right? Foundermag. Foundermag.com. Okay. And where do we yeah. get the, the guide you give away for free for Instagram? Yeah. So that's if you go to foundermag, F O U N D R mag.com forward slash free. Okay. So you wrote so, this article? Yep. Wrote this article and it just crushed it, man. Like it was being shared on growthhackers.com, it was being shared around Reddit. And uh, we're getting a lot of comments, and I uh, was doing really well. And uh, a lot of people in our community started asking me, Nathan, how are you doing this stuff with Instagram? And at the time, uh, you know, our email list was about 3,000, 4,000 people. And I just put a call out to our email list and I said, hey guys, you know, we wrote this blog post, we're doing some cool stuff on Instagram. Um, some of you guys are asking me, how, do you want to learn how to do this? I, I'm not really sure. Like, uh, I've never done a course before, but would you be interested? Uh, and I had over like 150 people. I said, hit reply. Just let me know. And I had over 150 people write back to me and uh, and, and say, Nathan, that, that sounds amazing. I want to know how you're doing it. So, you know, I took exactly what you told me to do. Then, you know, I credit you to this, Yara. Y- you, Yara, and also my friend, Merrin. Barricat, our you know mutual friend Merrin, and you know I just put up a, a sales page, and you know one and one of my biggest takeaways that I had from you that you told me was whatever you do, just make sure you have an end date that you're going to close it up. 
Like that's all that matters. I just drive towards that scarcity base end date. And uh, that's all I did. And we ended up, we sold the course for like $97. I think we ended up selling around 100 And uh, it went really well. And then then that was like the beta version of, of this Instagram course. And it went so successfully well. And we had some amazing case studies and students and all these people doing some amazing things that uh, it just so happened that it was like, okay, well, uh, you know, our audience, this is something they want. They enjoy courses. Uh, they want more handheld stuff. The podcast, the magazine isn't enough. Uh, let's get into some more advanced training stuff. And it's taken us down this path to, you know, uh, build this, you know, absolutely amazing comprehensive course, like the ultimate. I believe it's it's the best best in the world. And we are <laughs> some of the best in the world at, at, at how to crush it on Instagram. Can you um, just break down a couple of the technical tools you use to deliver the course and also, in fact, your entire business, just in summary, um, email responder you use, you know, I'm assuming using WordPress for your blog. Can you just give us all of the the tech data quickly? Yeah, sure. So we use WordPress for our blog. Uh, To deliver the first version of the course, we did it super ghetto. We just delivered it over live training webinars. So it was it was uh, five weeks of five webinars. Go to webinar. Just live. Yep, go to webinar, and then I just used lead pages for the sale page, and then I accepted funds with PayPal. That was the super ghetto way, and that's all we did, and that's how we launched it. Uh, really, really easy, and and we used Mailchimp at at that time when we had a not uh, as many people as we do now in our community on our newsletter. But today, it's quite comprehensive, Yara. I must warn you, I don't want to overwhelm people. Go ahead. But we use Infusionsoft for our email marketing. We use ClickFunnels to do like our, our landing pages. We use SamCart for our checkout cart. And SamCart links in with PayPal and Stripe. And that is how we, that's how they're our merchants of how we accept payment. We use a WordPress theme to uh, design like the layout of the course but then we use Memberium to protect the content to create a login and protect the content and then we use GoToWebinar to sell the course and uh, what else do we use? We use Plus This to segment webinar attendees. We use Wistia to host the videos. We use LearnDash to create uh, the course, uh, like the course, I guess, um, the course structure within WordPress. And yeah, that's about it. Still using, yeah, Stripe and PayPal and, and yep. Yep. Okay, wow. Yeah, a lot of, lot of tools, but this allows us to, like these tools will allow us to scale out to have at least, you know, I, I plan and I hope that we have at least five courses by this time next year or five digital products, not including the magazine uh, by this time next year, uh, covering various topics. Uh, but, uh, you know, we will use all of those same tools and it won't cost us really much more except on Wistia, probably on Wistia's front. But I might use Vimeo going forward because Wistia is quite expensive. Okay, so summary. Today's picture of Founder Inc., (laughs) Founder of the Magazine, (laughs) Nathan Chan Inc. We've got Founder Magazine. We've got an Instagram course. We've got a a fairly robust Instagram following. You're doing a lot of content production. I'm seeing you produce articles for all kinds of other uh, publications online. You're doing interviews. 
I've seen you becoming a speaker. Uh, you're speaking at Chris Ducker's Tropical Entrepreneur event. I've seen you yep. on the the list for Social Media Examiner's uh, Summit. I think they do once a year, Social Media yep. Summit. Marketing um, World, I think it Mark, is. Yep, yeah, right. And that's coming up, and you're speaking at that. So your your own personal brand is growing uh, as, a, as an expert on these subjects. And it's pretty clear your direction in the future is, is more digital product, more basically more of the same, but just getting better at it and producing more mm. value for people. Summary correct? Yeah, pretty much. Because what our biggest problem right now, Yara, is we've built this massive community, but we're not servicing them with enough product. Uh, and people are coming to us with questions and we don't, we're, we're sending them other places, you know, like you should check out this blog post or you should do this, you should do that. And like, yeah, there's so much more that we can do here. Like we're building this massive community and, and ever since I first launched Founder, it was always been to help and equip entrepreneurs. So we just need more products and more staff to help and equip entrepreneurs. Uh, so yeah, Matt, like just much like what you did is, is build out, we need to build out our product suite, just keep doing what we're doing, producing epic content, you know, from interviews and, and podcasts and blog posts and yeah, just, just keep doing what we're mm-hmm. doing, but more, need more product big time. And then I think, I think we're going to maybe play in the event space in the next two to three years, mm-hmm. which really excites me. And also I have a dream now to have like a, like an incubator here in Melbourne, like a like a six month once every six months like Angel Cube kind of incubator. I reckon that'd be so much fun, man. Totally agree. Okay, well, I'm excited by all those future plans. Two more questions, Nathan, before we wrap this up. Yeah. One, what does a day in the life of Nathan Chan look like right now? Mm-hmm. So, pretty much everything. Uh, first thing I do when I wake up is I check my email, and then I check my calendar. I usually check my calendar the night before I go to bed as well just because a lot of what I do now is is networking and relationships, uh, partnerships, uh, speaking to people, finding, trying to find the answers, Yara. And that's something I think I do really well is I'm always meeting new people, serving first, asking later, helping however I can, don't expect them to return the favor, and from there just uh you know finding out uh what they know like um you know there's so many like things that we're trying to focus on that i i can't do it alone i can't work it out and i need direction so i think i I just get direction from other people they tell me what to do much like how you helped me launch the first version of instagram domination and uh then we just keep hammering it, hammering it, hammering it, keep tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. So a lot of what I do is interviews, speaking to people and networking. And I try and get to the co-working space as well because we're just setting up an office down there because we've now got two people full-time on the ground here in Melbourne. So you know that's another thing I'm working on as well is just trying to work out how to build an effective team. So yeah, um, you're catching up with people in the team, jumping on Slack. You know, I've got a whole ton of Slack messages uh, that I'm, I'm writing to people, talking to people about, and then dealing with my emails. And uh, yeah, that's that's a day in the life of Nathan Chan. Just a <laughs> lot of emails, a lot of speaking to people, a lot of networking, a lot of time on Slack now, a lot of time on Skype. Okay, and given the audience listening to this are at the starting point, they haven't had a breakthrough with a magazine or Instagram channel or a podcast or a blog or a YouTube channel, all the different possible options we've got today. They're back where you are, what you were when you had this full-time job and you first launched Founder. 
but we're in the current environment. You know, the environment changes. Everything is constantly evolving. So if you were starting today, or in particular, since they are starting today, what would you recommend they focus on to begin with? Do you still think you should just pick like a platform and just try and build an audience there? Is that the path you would recommend? Yeah, that's a really hard question, Yara, because I think I got kind of lucky. Uh, Maybe it was smart, maybe it wasn't in the sense of I just got really good at one thing with the magazine and that really allowed us to differentiate ourselves. And then I just worked out out along the way that having a magazine can build authority and then we just piggybacked off that and having good design. And I just worked all the answers out along the way. And I think the biggest thing I'd want people to take away is – is it so important to just focus on one thing and just get very, very good at it? So when I started the magazine, I only focused on the magazine for a good year before I left my day job. It took me over, you know, more than a year to leave my day job. And I just focused on the magazine. Then I was looking for a customer acquisition channel and then it was Instagram. Now we just focus on Instagram. We do content marketing, of course, because our business is content marketing, but we just focus on key certain things. So you need to find that one thing that you can use that that may differentiate yourself, may not, but you're very, very good at, that you're an expert in. And uh, from there, you just kind of work it out. You just got to keep searching for the, you know, I guess, uh, improving your business model. So to make that a practical step, what would you like just register, like pick whatever you think should be your focus and just go all in on that? Yeah, yeah. Give it a good hard crack. I think that's that's all you can really do because it's there's so much noise out there. It's so competitive that all you can do is just try something, like whatever it is, focus on it, give it a good year of, of, of focusing on it, get really, really good at it, speak to as many people as you can that are experts at it, try and learn from as many people as you can, and then evaluate from there. But, you know, it is really tough and it's a hard question to uh, answer, Yarrow, because I don't know like what I would do right now because I think like for me, it's all been a natural progression, um, and I've just used everything that I'm learning as a stepping stone. So, yeah, just just focus on mm. one thing and do it really, really well, and don't get distracted because so often it's easy to get distracted and it's easy to give up. Like I want to be really clear, uh, you know, even within the first year of doing Founder, no one ever asked me to go on a podcast. Uh, no one ever. Uh, emailed me like uh, people did but not like they do now like hardly ever got many emails uh, hardly ever ever got much and you know i just just kept showing up to just kept doing it all the time just every single day just super consistent super focused not worried about anything else just master one thing at a time okay awesome nathan so let's reiterate all your website addresses starting with founder magazine foundermag.com f-o-u-n-d-r mag uh, you can go to foundermag.com forward slash iTunes if you want to download the magazine on iTunes or foundermag.com forward slash Android or you can just go to our website and you'll find it there too where you can be you know taken on the right path uh, another address also is foundermag.com forward slash Free, where you can download that Instagram ebook if you'd like to know more around our strategies on how to crush it. Uh, and then, what else is there? You can go to Founder Mag, 
facebook.com forward slash podcast. It'll take you to our podcast. Uh, that's about it for now, I think, Yara. Sounds good. Foundermag.com sounds like the gateway to everything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Nathan, anything else you want to throw in before we wrap it up? Oh, no, dude, you're very thorough, like true Yarrow style, man. You, <laughs> we didn't miss a beat. No, we got to get everything in, Nathan. you got so much inside your head, and I wish I had another hour with you. There's so many little pieces of the puzzle I'd like to break down, but I think we got a great overview. And as always, we can see the progress from guy in a job to side project magazine to full-time magazine to breakthrough channels on Instagram and and content marketing. So it's it's great to see your progress. And I, I know 12 months time, it's going to be so much bigger and already is huge. I think every time I speak to you, which seems to be every six months or so, it's doubled or tripled in size. So it's it's pretty incredible. So congratulations. Oh, well, thank you so much, Yo. It's, a, it's an absolute honor uh, to be here and, and to speak to you uh, as an equal man, because, you know, felt like not that long ago, uh, you know, I was watching your videos thinking like, wow, this guy's so cool. And like, you know, like, my long I hair, up wasn't to you, it? man. Yeah. It was the long hair, everything. bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Nathan. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Um, and everyone else, thank you for listening in. If you want to get the show notes or the transcript to read what Nathan has said during this interview, you can go to my blog, entrepreneurs-journey.com, or just Google my name, Yaro, Y-A-R-O, and then click the podcast tab and you'll find Nathan there. Thank you again, Nathan. Thanks for listening in to our listeners, and I'll talk to you again on a future episode. All right, there you go. What a journey from Nathan, really diving deep into two of the big successes, his founder magazine and his Instagram channel and everything he's doing to make money from his online business. I hope you enjoyed that. If you want to make sure you get notification when I release my next latest interview, go to interviewsclub.com. That will send you to my blog where you can opt in with your email address to join my email list which means you'll get a new email every time a new podcast is released, as well as a series of my very best podcasts from the archives. Also, if you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you could go to iTunes right now and take a minute to leave a review for this podcast. You can open up your iTunes software and just search for my name, Yaro, Y-A-R-O. You'll find the EJ podcast listed there and just click the button to leave a review for it. And that will help this podcast to grow, reach new people. And of course, that will mean I continue to release more free interviews like this one with Nathan. All right. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you again on the next EJ podcast. This is Yarrow. Bye-bye.